Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Welcome back to Data Protection Gumbo. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and today we have a fantastic show lined up for you today with Ken Cox, president of Hosterian. Ken, how are you today? I'm wonderful, Demetrius. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. And before we jump into questions, let me give all of you listeners out there just a brief rundown of who exactly is Ken Cox, right? So... He's a solutions-focused senior executive with more than 20 years of success across the software, SaaS, telecom, and also e-commerce industries, leveraging extensive experience helping companies with outsourced IT projects and IT infrastructure. I would say and think that he is a valuable asset for companies working on super important things like compliance, marketing campaigns, sales strategy, and also M&A activity, mergers and acquisitions. Uh, Also, his broad areas of expertise include operations, project management, networking, and startups, just to name a few. So, Ken, once again, welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. And uh, why don't you, you maybe jump in and just tell us what you are working on right now and where you have been focusing your time over the the last six months. Okay. So... Right, I'm working on a couple of projects right now at Hosterian. We're launching a new virtual private servers. In the hosting world, we're constantly offering new servers, new solutions, those kinds of things. So it's not uncommon for us to be recreating products almost quarterly sometimes, like, uh, you know, disk space goes up and things like that. So that's kind of the boring infrastructure side of my world. Uh, the project that I've been working on that I'm having a lot of fun with that takes all the newest technologies is called ppgs.global, and that's the privacy policy grading system. I sell infrastructure as a service, and I sell it as a privately held company. And I was you know, constantly talking with people about the risks of sharing your data with certain companies. It doesn't really matter who. And it came to my attention that if you work for a large firm, you are constantly going through these audit processes and procedures. It came to be a re- pretty big realization that nobody is actually doing risk assessments on their vendors' privacy policies. They, I, I think they say they are, you know, they, they kind of go through it pretty quickly. So, and I was talking with people about privacy policies and quite honestly, I started to feel like a 10 hat conspiracy theorist, right? Like they're selling your data and, you know, you talk about it over here and then you start seeing ads. And although there's no, you know, most of them, you know, very clearly say, hey, we don't sell any of your or trade or share any of your personally identifiable data. But personally identifiable data with AI becomes, you know, very easy to pinpoint individuals at MAC addresses, people that done that have done stuff over here. And if I'm trading data, I can say I can correlate. AI lets you correlate data, massive amounts of data really, really fast. And then then be able to target people. So I was like, well, how do I overcome this problem of talking with people about privacy? So I started reading privacy laws and privacy policies. And, you know, around this time, chat GDP is really kicking off. So I start, um, and I have a couple, you know, I use uh, auto GTP and 
I use another program called WTF GPT. Um, <laughs> which... Now, now w- w- but what do you think about auto GPT? Because I was using it and you had to go through some steps and hoops and hurdles to get it all set up. And, and it was lacking when I was using it. And I, I kind of stopped using it because I didn't have the patience and and the time to really put into dedicating you know, how to get it to completely do what I needed it yes. to do. Yes. So, and I agree, AutoGTP is cumbersome. WTF GTP, uh, much easier to use, but not nearly as flexible, right? So, and, and what is that? What is WFTP? Uh, WTF, whatever. WTF, <laughs> it is a software package that allows you to create a very specific, a very objective set of criteria mm-hmm. and then pass that on to a large, large language model. Okay. So, I can say, so this is how we created the rubric for PPGS, right? So we have the rubric, we have the six grading criteria. I don't know them off the top of my head. They're all on the website, but transparency, okay. those kinds of things, right? It allowed us to import that very objective information, pass it on to a large language model, and then get a risk assessment uh, synopsis and a very specific letter grade on a privacy policy that was submitted, that was published publicly. Now, wh- why don't you walk us or maybe walk the listeners through the importance of getting a risk assessment? And the obvious is that, okay, each business is going to have risk, especially nowadays with things like ransomware. And I mean, <laughs> and I am tired of saying this and I'm tired of hearing it as well. It's not a matter of if you get hacked, it's a matter of when, because at some moment we're all going to be hacked or breached, whether it's a personal hack on our mobile device, we click on the wrong email or we have a firewall open at home or something's going to happen. And it's already happened to me. I've always um, lived <laughs> under the impression and uh, that they're already in and mm-hmm. it's my job mm-hmm. to get them out and keep them out. Right. So I make the assumption when we're, talking about data is that it's already compromised and we're we're looking at everything to try to get them out of the systems and if you take that approach then you're you're vetting your current data most breaches don't execute for nine months to mm-hmm. a year after they've been in the system yeah. or, right? or longer so, I mean, right? or longer right they're waiting for your retention policy to have expired and then they're executing that. So you have to always be looking for anomalies in your network and your data structure. Uh, categorizing your data is wildly important. Most people don't do it, right? So all data is not equal, right? My my blog posts that I'm pushing on the website, they're, they're important, yes, but they're not as important as my drawings that I'm issuing to get my patents. And I, I want to protect that data in different ways. So categorizing your data, understanding that, having some of it down to different media types, um, you know, I still have some data that we burn to uh, Blu-ray, right? Just to, so that I can have it completely offline and I know that it's safe and it's secure and it's in, it's in the library versus sitting on, a, on an IP address somewhere. Yeah, and I, I still see organizations and have conversations where they are not sure what all of their assets are. I mean, they, they still may have systems out there, a virtual machine that someone spun up from shadow IT, uh, on AWS, so on Azure or GCP, and something it just it was left out there. And once something happens, it's like, well, this virtual machine was breached, and they check the asset inventory, and it's like, 
we don't even know what that system is. Right. We don't even know what it does. <laughs> right. Right. So you got to start with just inventorying your assets and understanding everything that you have out there. Right. So have you seen that also? I see it all the time as a, I mean, Hosterian sells dedicated servers and VPSs. I can't tell you how many times we get a company that the IT leadership has changed. Right. And we get a cancel notice say, Hey, cancel these servers. We don't use them anymore. And we're really nice. We just, we suspend everything for 30 days and right. We don't, we don't cancel anything on notification. We suspend for 30 days and just let it sit. How frequently it's, Oh, this stopped working or that stopped working. And let's get them back, turn back on because you know, there's crazy cron jobs that are running on servers that are doing who knows what <laughs> all kinds of different things. Right. Um, but AI has helped that tremendously. We uh, we lean on a couple different products for inventory management. Change management notification is huge for us, right? So switches, configuration switches, knowing that yesterday's configuration is the same as today's configuration and that the running configuration is what you expect it to be, right? Because on a lot of your network gear, you can go in and make changes on the fly but they're not actually saved to the to the to the backup config. They're in the running config. So knowing the difference between your running config and your backed up config is wildly important. And with AI tools, it's really easy to create scrubs that TFTP to the to the switch or router, download the configuration, run a difference from your golden master, and notify you if um, there's been any changes or not. Okay. Yeah. And have you have you had any conversations with Maybe developers or you, and you familiar with DevOps and De- DevSecOps and automating workloads and you utilizing things like Terraform to do things more efficiently and that, that's a whole nother world. Right? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing with a program recently and I'm not I don't have an affiliate account yet, so I'm just going to give this one for free. Make.com. Make.com has been a home run for automating workloads for me recently. Huge huge turnaround. Uh, I would say simpler than than zapier okay yeah i've heard of zapier right but i've been automating workloads for over 20 years with cron jobs and simple bash scripts and and things like that right so you know we've we've been having servers spin up automatically in the data center for 16 years i I don't know if you want to share a a horror story since you've been doing running cron jobs i i have some i have some stories like when, oh. when you you was working on a cron job or some type of script or whatever and you had a wrong well i had my funniest Man. um my funniest story and this goes years back i was working with a guy who works at, um he was working for SeaWorld, and there was a cron job that ran that literally opened the gates to let the whales go out and swim wow <laughs> okay um but horror stories, I mean, the, the worst horror story that I have, um, we used to have this naming scheme. We bought this hosting company called ATCI Hosting years ago. Uh, we bought a whole lot of shared hosting companies and things like that. Um, and we had this naming scheme of this company had the, this concept of shared dedicated. Um, doesn't make any sense to me, but basically it was a server with shared websites that was limited amount of sites on it. So instead of having... 10,000 sites on a server, there only might be 1,000 sites on this particular server. Um, and they and he named them DED1, DED1, and SDED1. And 
that went on for, you know, infinite amount of time. <laughs> and a, a guy got the job to reload Dead 47 and he accidentally reloaded SDead 47. So 1,000 websites just disappeared from the internet and in this fail swoop of somebody not looking at the name correctly and then issuing the job on the wrong server. So that was a, a recovery mm-hmm. that was that was challenging. Yeah, and very stressful and yeah. uh, maybe even a, <laughs> res- what is that, resume generating event? Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I believe my staff is my most valuable asset. And he never made that mistake again. Um, and I would say my worst exploit ever would have been Halloween. I would have been 2002. We had an employee. This was before password um, password complexity was really that big of a deal. And um, somebody somebody got their pass. One employee got their password exploited, and that employee had the same username and password on about a hundred servers. And once they got into the network through one one specific spot, they walked through the entire a hundred servers in a night. And on Halloween night, about 10 p.m., we had 100 servers just completely toast. And it was, um, I think we worked probably for about six days solid, the whole team, to get that, to get that workload back up and in production. Um, yeah, right, right. So since then, I don't duplicate a single username and password anywhere, ever. Right? <laughs> um, and I use mm-hmm, mm-hmm. LastPass Corporate is what yeah. we use for, for that pretty much. Um, but it's a combination now between LastPass Corporate and uh, Google Password Manager. But for the internal stuff, LastPass has a program that you can have your own internal server. So uh, we have an internal server for our LastPass. When an employee comes in, we say, here's your here's your LastPass account. And it's got all of your different credentials for all the different uh, platforms you well, need to log into. Didn't LastPass have a breach? It did, but that's the, that's the, the public side. The public side. That's Correct. why you specified internal our own okay got it right so anytime that you can take out uh the public clouds are great for a lot of stuff um and they're super secure for the most part like they they do like they have the best engineers and all those things but they're also a large target and um they have employees right i mean we've got stories now of employees at uh, ebay that are harassing customers for fun Right. Hmm, I wonder why, but okay, I guess it's fun. <laughs> That's why they're doing it. People have different, I, it doesn't make sense to me on why you would take energy to make somebody else um, have a bad day. But, you know, we have these stories of, of employees at large companies doing things with the data. So it's not only my policies and procedures, I also have to consider what the employees wow. of the company are going to do. Hmm, okay. That's really interesting. And, and earlier on, you mentioned... IaaS, right? Infrastructure as a service. And, and did you mention that your new company you're building is running on that type of infrastructure, right? Or, or did I hear that incorrectly? Yeah. So PPGS is all being ran. Uh, River City Internet Group owns Hosterian, and we're, uh, we're an investment group for a, bu- a lot of different startups. We've been around since uh, we formed RCIG in 2000, uh, maybe 2001. Hosterian comes before River City Internet Group. So we founded Hosterian and then 2000, shortly thereafter, we founded River City Internet Group and rolled that up into a handful of different companies um, from a handful of different guys that were doing different startups. So 
River City Internet Group has been a launch pad for different startups for us and this group of about 30 investors since 2000, 2001. Um, so PPGS, its very first investor was River City Internet Group for infrastructure mm-hmm. okay. and deployment. Now, uh, I'm, I'm switching back gears to just risk and, you know, minimizing risk in an environment, keeping keeping data secure. Um, what, what advice, let's say you were you were speaking with a, a CIO or, or a CTO or maybe maybe even a CISO. And let's say they were embarking on a, a new way of protecting and understanding the environment that they had and also some of the assets that they were protecting the data the business critical applications, just from your angle and from your perspective, what, what are some of the things that you would have them to take a look at or be aware of, or maybe even consider implementing or purchasing? Uh, the first thing that it took me a while to even understand a basic formula for risk assessment, right? And because it always felt like there was no end, Right. When you run a data center, it's okay. Do you have steel shutters in front of your windows? Do you have pylons around your building so cars can't drive into your building? And so really coming down to the probability plus impact, those two things. If I have a high probability, I'm kind of in a yellow angle. And if my impact is catastrophic, then I'm in red. Right. So if if I've got a high probability and a high impact, that's a high risk and I need to mitigate it. Right. How do I mitigate that? Um, so when you're talking about ransomware, right, all of your data is at risk. The probability, I would put it in medium. <laughs> it's not zero and it's not necessarily all the way high. It's not zero if you're following all the best practices. So it's medium and the, and the, and the, and the impact is catastrophic, right, uh, if you don't have it. So having a solid backup solution for your data is wildly important. We've partnered, Hosterian's partnered with Acronis, and we're currently, we just entered a new deal with Dato. Okay. Uh, so is Dato, Dato partner, still around or weren't they acquired? Or, well, they're Kaseya. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaseya Dato. Yeah, it's, Got it. It's all this giant thing now. But they execute the 3-2-1 of backups, right? So you've got three copies, you've got two different media types, and then you've got a separate location. I generally like to say, depending on what kind of company you are, you have to make the decision if if the city that I live in disappears, am I still in business or not? Right. If the city I live in, I live in St. Louis. So if there is a catastrophic earthquake, uh, I still need to be in business. So for some of my clients, we have that in a different geographical location. If it's if you're saying if you're a local gym or a local uh, grocery store that says, you know, if, if the city disappears, my family's gone, I'm not going to be around, then you can make the decision to have a local off-site backup storage. Um, Iron Mountain, I think, is a is a decent provider for that. I think there's a couple of others that will come by, pick up your tapes, or your media. Uh, I use Blue right now. It's just easier, uh, and it stores a lot more data for that, for that kind of data. Um, so having a good backup solution, and the Google Drives... And the Dropbox, they're not backup solutions. They're additional cloud storage. It is not. It is attached to your local drive. And if your local drive gets compromised, it's going to to get those shared drives as well. So if you can see your drive, your backup, without a password, then it's, then it's at risk. Yeah. And 
if it's not encrypted. And if it's not encrypted, then they can and read the, it. And the key is not on that system. So the key has to also be off site stored somewhere else because I've I've Correct. seen that, right? <laughs> and I've got um this horrible set of systems, keys <laughs> to encryption keys, physical keys that are on me. Yep. And we have encryption keys in a different location in a physical lockbox. Right. Yep. That is smart. So we have to, and <laughs> it's horrible. Um, you have to change that key when, when staff turns over and on our PCI data, we change it every quarter. So we have to have a job that decrypts all of our data uh, and then re-encrypts it with the new key. And you better hope that the guys, the team, put the encryption key back in the lockbox and, and put that away, right? If it's sitting on a local box on a readme file, um, the hackers aren't dumb. They're going to look around, right? Once they're in the system, they're going to look around and try to poke around. And the, the human aspect of hacking is more scary than the, the exploits, right? Um, with AI coming up, it's never been easier it's never been easier to audit vulnerabilities on a system and, and write scripts to resolve those. At the same time, it's never been easier for what we call script kitties to exploit more servers at a faster speed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And, um, and you know what, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Let's, let's begin to wrap up here. Um, and in, in true gumbo fashion, these are the types of conversations that I like to have. It, it may seem, seem like we're jumping around a bit, but, you know, when, when, when you are just jumping on and you're, you're having a conversation and it just so happens to be recorded, then this is kind of how a conversation goes. So before I let you go, though, Ken, opportunity for a shout out, whatever you you'd like to to say to close out, you want someone to visit or see something just, you know, now is the time. All right. So we've recently um, I partnered with a company called Amber X. And Amber X has a nice little device. It's a private cloud, very much like the Google cloud, but it's in your building. It's in your house. Uh, and we're doing a giveaway of those. Uh, KenCox.com forward slash Amber X. You go there, give us your email address. You'll immediately get an email with a 25% off coupon for any of the Amber X products. And January 1st, we're going to be giving away a unit as well. So we're going to take a random drawing and give that away. Um, it is just a, a nice little device if you want to privatize your data and have data stored in your facility, but also have the nice mobile app on your phone uh, to get that data and, and move it around and share it up with different groups. It's a, it's a really nice solution to a problem that Google has solved, but you get to have more control over it. And I guess it's priced so that a normal person can, can, can buy it, right? They have like a like a ninety nine to a one ninety nine package, okay, yeah. and then they have a higher end package. The pro is like six hundred bucks. Okay, um, for like, and that would be for a small business, mm-hmm. right? uh, small MSP or something like that, or you know, five to ten employees. I think it would be a really nice solution for those. Okay, all right. Well, Gumbo listeners, you you've you've heard uh, Ken's offer there. Please go and and check it out. He's provided you with the uh, the website. Um, go take a look at that. And also, if you would like to reach out to Ken, Ken, where can they find you? Uh, just KenCox.com. Ken Cox. Email address okay. is hello at KenCox.com. All right, Ken. Well, really appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you so much. And before I end the broadcast here, I want to uh, let everyone know about the Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group that I created. There are over 25,000 security, storage, disaster recovery, backup recovery 
all different types of professionals in that group having wonderful conversations such as the ones we're having right here. Um, So please go out, send a request to join that group. And also in order to keep me keep me around to continue to do what I love, which is having great conversations with people like Ken, leave us a review on Apple podcast as well. All right, Gumbo listeners. So until next time, stay secure and back up often. Thanks, Ken.